Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guest, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started. Hey everybody, this is The Commons at HBC, and I'm your host, David Bannister. And today I have with me Tori Parker. Hi, Tori, welcome. Hi, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you could join me. Um, we're going to have a little interview with Tori, and she's going to discuss today's sermon with me. So let's go ahead and get into the interview. So Tori, I know you've not been with HBC too long, uh, but how long have you been with us, and what brought you here? So I was actually trying to determine this today, because I knew I was going to be asked. And I actually think I started attending services almost a year ago because I started coming in the summer and I remember it was the summer because it was hot in the sanctuary. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking, man, they keep it toasty in here. And of course I've since learned about the HVAC issues. Um, yeah. but I love a toasty sanctuary, so I didn't mind at all. Um, yeah. I saw, <laughs> so, that I, I, yeah. I saw that Twitter conversation of you <laughs> yeah. talking about how, how comfortable you are. I am sitting in a tight 80 degrees right now and I'm, I'm loving it. Um, but I, yeah, so I started coming sometime last summer, so it's almost been a year, I guess. Um, I, what brought me to HBC is, um, I used to work with Aaron Phelps. Uh, we both worked at Lush Cosmetics together, um, for a brief period of time. And we've remained friends because we have a lot in common. And Aaron's really good at like reaching out to people and checking in on people and staying connected, which is something I envy about her. Um, but she's a real evangelist for uh, Highland. Um, and she knew um, that I'm not originally from Louisville and I don't have a home church here. And it was hard for me to have a home church because I worked retail for so long that mm -hmm. like Sundays, right. I work on Sundays. Um, but she would talk about Highland all the time and was always really welcoming without being pushy. And, uh, you know, she would say like, I'm not being pushy. That was her way of welcoming uh, me in. And eventually I just kind of was like, yeah, I, I stopped working retail and I had Sundays free and I missed church and I started coming to say. I love, um, I love yeah. our little degrees of separation because <laughs> it was Stephen and I who got Aaron to join exactly. the church. So yeah. You're just creating, <laughs> eventually I will bring someone in and it yeah, will be a legacy. It's a, it's a whole web. It's a whole web. Well, yeah. that's awesome. And it's, so, sorry, I didn't realize you've been around for a year. Uh, I, that's okay. I, I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, but you've been more involved in the young adult ministry events in the last six months. And so yes, that's been nice. Definitely. Yeah. And that's been great. That's been a real access point of like, have, it's nice to walk into the church and know people other than Aaron and, and her husband. So yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so, but yeah, I just finished my highlights class. Actually, my last highlights class was the last day we had church. So oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to at some point uh, becoming a member, but it so far has not been an option. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to walk the aisle on Zoom or on it Facebook sure Live. sure is. <laughs> <laughs> If my dogs start to bark, y'all, I'm so sorry. But anyway, um, how do you spend your time? So I work at the Speed Art Museum. Uh, I'm the marketing manager there. And I, I do spend a lot of time either doing my job or at my place of work. Uh, because as anyone who's worked for a nonprofit knows, it's, it's not just a nine to five or 10 to six or whatever. Especially if you're passionate about it. Yeah, especially if you actually love it. Um, and I don't always love my job, but I love where I work. And I love the people there. And I love the mission. And I love the museum. Um, so I spend a lot of time there. Um, but in my free time, I, uh, I actually do a lot of theater. Um, I studied theater in college. I worked at Actors Theater before I worked at The Speed. And... I enjoy writing plays and I enjoy acting in plays. And so I've done some community theater in town and I did some stuff which, for which theater association. Which theaters have you worked with? Um, I worked with the Chamber Theater, which is a really small theater that use, that does their performances or used to mainly in the Hope Community Church, which has since closed in the Melwood mm. Arts Center. But we did a fully devised uh gender bent version of around the world in 80 days oh it was just an absolute riot and i got to help write that and that was really fun um and then i was working on a new play festival with bellarmine university that has since been shut down oh man because of covid but we were doing a play on the kind of it was with the theater school there or the theater yeah department? it was with their theater department and then some outside voices and they evidently their theater department is very and so they invite everyone yeah. in to like participate which is great and so I was in their play about the kind of dividing factions of the women's suffrage party playing Alice Paul a personal hero of mine um yeah. but RIP to that there. process yes yeah. even and I are both alumni from alumni uh, from there so nice yeah um well, Steve and I love the community theater scene, so hopefully we can see you in something else. Have you ever have you ever checked out Pandora or? Oh, I love Pandora. Their production of Fun Home laid me low. It was fantastic. I was just agog. I cried the whole time. How long have you been in Louisville? Uh, this is my third year. Okay, I moved so you here weren't here when Pandora did Bear. They did Bear. Oh, I didn't see Bear. Oh. But I know all the songs. Oh. And I, I imagine it was fantastic. I did see their <laughs> and production that one was of Girlfriend. That, that one was that actors. In, um, oh. in the, oh, which one is it? The one that everyone sits around it. The bomb oh, bomb. the Bingham. Bingham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was in the Bingham. And it was amazing. That's really cool. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they do amazing stuff. I saw their production of Choir Boy and the music was just I missed that one. Mind blowing. Yeah. Music for that show is just fantastic. I mean, because it's gospel and like choir songs and you're just mm -hmm. it moves you. Yep. But yeah, oh. I love Pandora. Community Theater. Big fan. I just I, know. Re I just re upped my Broadway subscription at Kentucky Yay. uh at the Kentucky Center. Center. Yep. And hopeful like it's so late they're pushing it back to november to the season starting so it'll be interesting to see how this 
works out. Yeah, the the future of theater is really, it's on my mind a lot. My roommate currently works in Actors Theater and just the future of theater and how we sit in a space and how we take in things. I mean, it's the same with church. Like, how will this change how mm -hmm. we enjoy things as an audience? So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I have one more question, I guess, is uh, tell us about what's getting you through COVID. Yes. So I have been really into watching YouTube videos of people showing off their very expensive apartments. This is very soothing to me. I recently watched one about the 25 million penthouse on the top of the plaza. It has, oh my gosh. it's the tallest building in Tribeca. And so you have uh, little terraces on every side. So you get a full unobstructed view of the city. So that's been one. <laughs> how are you finding these? Are people like, it's come whole, look at my home? No, it's a whole genre of YouTube. It's like YouTubers buying their New York apartments and then they take you on the journey. I love apartment hunting. I hate moving, but I love, I love how You love the chase. You love the I chase. I love the thrill of the chase. <laughs> and so when I realized that like the whole, there's a whole genre of YouTube of like people buying, like taking you on their apartment hunting journey. Oh, it was so fulfilling. Other than that, I've been watch I watched all of Star Trek Discovery, and I think I'm gonna rewatch it because it was so fantastic. It's and so it was good. just it's the exact. So it's so good. It's just the exact like genre of these are problems they are having, but none of them are related to coronavirus mm -hmm. or politics that in any way is reminiscent of our politics. And it, well, and it's just mind blowing how much like Steve and I always talk about shows that you get lost in where you're mm -hmm. suddenly like that was a whole, that was just an hour. I know, there's whole worlds explode and uh, it's just so good. I think Michael uh, is like, Michael Burnham is the best Star Trek heroine, hero, like lead character of a Star Trek show to me personally. And I love Cadet Tilly. I, I just, the whole, the whole cast and all the characters are fantastic. And I, I just think it does a really good job of like, blending what people expect out of like a sci-fi show now with what Star Trek has always inherently been. And right. I love it. So well, make sure you fun. watch Picard because that's if a you're a Star Trek fan, that, that is, it hits you in all the nostalgic feel for that one. So. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we thoroughly got to know each other um, and I hope y you feel like you got to know Tori as well, audience. So we're going to take a quick break and Aaron Phelps is going to walk us through the newsletter. So we'll be right back. Hello there, Highland community. This is Aaron with our announcements this week and news and happenings. And there is a lot more in the newsletter going on. So I'm going to just hit some highlights. One cool thing that's a way to connect is on Tuesdays now, there will be a new series posted to Highland's YouTube channel, and it's going to be about some of the various saints in progress on our um, windows that can give us some sort of inspiration during these times. So that'll be something really cool and different. Um, another thing that's close to my heart specifically is that the Mission and Justice Groups um, came up with a great list of organizations to support in um, response to COVID-19. We as a church have sent various funds uh, at collectively to these groups, 
But also wanted to throw out there that you can look into them. And if you're looking for a way to personally contribute and do something meaningful, you could do that yourself. So those groups that we support and encourage you to consider supporting too are La Casita Center here in Louisville, the Louisville Mutual Aid Fund, Dare to Care, the food bank, and also CEI of Morocco. So they've already received some designated funds, but if you want to continue the work of the church that way, it's a great mission relationship we can do during social distance. The deacon nomination process is still going on. So uh, there are more details in many ways in the newsletter about who can and can't serve and what it means to be a deacon. But if you want to nominate anyone, send those nominations to Andrea at hbclouisville.org. That's A-N-D-R-I-A at hbclouisville.org. So uh, think about the people in your community and maybe nominate someone who you think would be a beautiful lay leader. And then finally, the Faithful Giving Group would love to keep hearing praises and stories about our church and why we love it in writing, in photos, or even a short video. And if you want to do that and shout out why our church is great and why uh, you love uh, Highland, you can email to ourstories at hbclouisville.org. Those are just the highlights of the announcements, but it's exciting to know things are going on uh, in the Highland community, and there are still several ways to connect with services and Bible studies online, too. Thanks a lot, and have a great week. All right, and we're back. Thank you so much, Aaron, for that. I will add one hot off the uh, presses um, event that's going to happen next Wednesday that people will hear about this weekend, but you heard it here first. Um, we're going to do um, one of Bob Cunningham's Cloud of Witnesses panels um, next Wednesday night. Um, so mark it down on your calendar. I don't remember what the actual time is, but I know that we are making it happen. So um, that's going to happen. He's going to have two people and we're going to have a Zoom call and we're going to it, we're going to have that nice intimate experience um, with a Zoom call um, and everyone will be on mute. It'll just be Bob and the two people and we're going to we're going to get to know some of our church members through that. So be sure to tune in uh, next Wednesday night for that. Um, so today's or sorry, this past weekend's sermon on April 26th, Jim England was our proclaimer again. The gospel covered was Luke 24, 13 through 35. And it's all about the, the famous road to Emmaus moment there um, and with Cleopas and um, their friend. And the title was Detour to New Dreams. So, Tori, what did you think of the sermon this weekend? Well, I had not heard the title of the sermon, and I feel like that, that, that. So I, I enjoy Jim's sermons so much. Um, I, they are, they, they always have these beautiful little poetic lines that mm -hmm. feel like lines, if I was reading it, I would like highlight and be like, oh, good line. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but sometimes I, I find myself like, wondering how I got from one spot to another um, in the sermons, but then the titles always have a nice way of, yeah, showing you what the focus was. Um, I never remember this part of the Easter narrative. 
it strikes me as a surprise every year. And it's probably because it never seemed that relevant to me. Like it never seemed like this moment, like this huge moment. But I loved how Jim set it up as like, well, it's not a big moment unless you're Cleopas or right. unless you're the people of Emmaus, like unless you're the friend who's there on the road, and he then calls it's them, the biggest moment. <laughs> yeah, he calls them nobodies, right? Yeah, nobody's on the road to nowhere. Um, and their names are never mentioned again. Like this is the, their big moment in the story. Um, but I... I think it's just so characteristic of Jesus. I mean, it's it's very in line with everything he's done up to this point to pick out these two, you know, D-list disciples on the way to nowhere. <laughs> I want to watch that like, show. <laughs> yeah, D-list disciples. Uh, <laughs> it's on Bravo. For um, and I I come from kind of nowhere. Like, I come from... West Virginia, the best Virginia, but it often forgotten and rarely relevant in like political discussions unless it's getting made fun of. And, um, you know, I, I understand when he was talking about the idea of like, well, no, nobody in Emmaus really mattered and these two people didn't matter unless you're from there or unless you love people there and then they matter more than anything. I think that's a really interesting perspective to think of yourself in that way in your own relationship with faith um, is like your opinions about faith or your understanding of God might not matter, but it does because it's yours, you know, mm -hmm. it might not be this great prolific thing, but it's and, your you own know, to it, hold. I've said it on other shows, you know, the, the whole reason I'm Baptist is because of that tenant of, the that whatever the uh the priesthood of all believers right and that's right and, and yeah. it's clear and, and it's so interesting like this is you know not an important part but the priesthood of all believers is not a thing for ev every part of christianity so yes i so i'm the daughter of a presbyterian minister so i've been presbyterian my whole life mm -hmm. and uh so like my mom is a reverend doctor in the Presbyterian church and most of the women who raised me are also Presbyterian women in the church. I was an elder in the Presbyterian church. I was a delegate at general assembly. I've seen that governing system and how it works. And so I'm thinking like, maybe that's the reason this has never struck me is that big of a deal because that like kind of individuality of spiritual or holy experiences is not as a huge a part of our of the Presbyterian denomination whereas like as I know from my recent highlights class mm -hmm. it's a very big part of the Baptist understanding of who you are as a person of faith and that's really profound to me that's that's lovely I yeah. I've kind of always like been hesitant about the phrase like personal relationship with Jesus or with Christ because it just Sounds like we're like holding hands on the beach or something. Right, your boyfriend's just, with Jesus, right? Yeah, it's like Jesus and I are getting pizza later. Like Jesus and I, <laughs> we needed the Molly puts his hand in my back pocket. But like, <laughs> <laughs> so like that visual has always been like, I don't, that's what other people say. Um, right. But I am now faced with the, I, 
the reality of like, oh, maybe it's a personal understanding of Jesus, my personal understanding of God, of faith, and that there's power in that because it's mine. And I like that 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 is nobody can take it away, you know, no one can take it away. It is my individual own and it is sacred in itself. Yep. Yeah. So my background, um, you know, I almost became Catholic and that was the one thing I couldn't like let go of was the, the, the idea that I could only access God through another person. And so, right. And, you know, it was, uh, I think I read somewhere recently that, uh, the Pope made a statement about because people can't go to church, people can't go to confession, that mm-hmm. you can confess your sins in private to God. Right? That sounds a lot like Protestantism, my dude. It only took them hundreds of years to get there, but... <laughs> a bunch of priests are like, oh no, we're out of the job. <laughs> right. It's, 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 uh, it's crazy what these crises cause you to do. And, yeah, and what the systems they... Cause you they to yeah, <laughs> systems mm-hmm. they kind of deconstruct the relevance yeah. of? I need to check on that actual source because I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't read that anywhere so don't quote me if it's not real someone might have been making a joke but kind of profound if it is true. Yes for sure. <laughs> I need to fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he goes through this idea of grocery shopping and how he's done it forever and he enjoys doing it and I, I will Born say I am that rookie shopper that he was talking about (laughs) yeah i can't relate jim i hate it (laughs) (laughs) i have i i end up walking a grocery store seven or eight times before i leave it because i never know where anything is no and it's never the titles on the thing are not helpful i remember when they were talking about how grocery stores might turn into one way like one lane, one way traffic. Oh my God, and I was I'll like, never leave. <laughs> I know, I was like, I'm going to be there for hours. Oh my God, I'm going to be trapped in the ongoing track, just looping. Because <laughs> I don't know where to find spices or whatever. So I went to the grocery on Sunday after church. I went to Kroger. I went to the Kroger on Goss, which is not a Kroger I normally go to. I usually go to the little one that's by my old house on third street or the central station one. They're really close together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this one brought, I, because I was out on an errand, I went to the Goss one and I not, I don't go to that one very often. And I was just, it's overwhelming to be in a grocery store. Like it wasn't that it was crowded. I just it's find, just, yes, it's just so much. Right. And I'm wearing all you my can mask. think about. Yeah. Other people are wearing their masks. Some people are respecting boundaries. You're still passing by people going, ooh, or waiting at a distance for them to stop taking 10 minutes at picking a can of beans out. Yep. All of those kinds of things. And, and then I go, I'm totally that rookie person, but do you know how long it took me to get to that section of beans? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not your Kroger. It's already not your Kroger. Yes. Yeah. And so you're all you're in a foreign land, basically. Like, I need a is, Google Maps for grocery yes. stores. <laughs> they, I, they have to. I know if it, so. Fun fact: Target. If you register, like if you're getting married or having a baby, and you like, I don't know, bloop in your register. You're it'll shopping tell you for that where person. It is. Yes, it'll tell you the aisle. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? The aisle and Wait, the shelf. Yeah. Yes. Do they do this for everything at Kroger? Because I, I, I do need that. 
I had a moment of panic a couple weeks ago where I realized I had touched, I was holding a packet, like a something of meat. And I was like, oh, this isn't the one I want. And I like moved, like I was going to put it back and my whole body froze. Cause I was like, I don't think Andy Bashir wants me to do that. <laughs> like I can't, touch it and then put it back I was like I can't be doing that I can't be touching little Andy appears on your shoulder oh I know I was I was haunted by it and I just froze and I was like I'm gonna get this one and I just put it in the cart I did not want it I have since cooked it and not wasted it but it was a moment of like paralysis Mm. yeah but yeah he yeah it, it leads right into his idea of well, he talks about being distracted, but I like the other side of this question he asked, which is, he makes a quote about the kidnapping of our dreams, and how does one tell the loss of all that is normal? That that was one of those, I wish I, I would have highlighted this line, the how do we, the idea of like, how do we mourn things that never came to be? How do we mourn the future um and it he leads into that we had hoped Mm -hmm. and so had hoped is that phrase of like we had envisioned something great and it didn't go wrong it just never happened like Mm -hmm. it never came to fruition like like derby this weekend like derby would have been this weekend it would have been yeah this whole month that we've just experienced in quarantine was festival month Mm-hmm. like we would have had the whole thunder. season yeah we would have had the whole thing the marathon everything already and um i mean you mourn like oh my gosh i can't even i normally imagine, don't like, work this week like it's not that i take yeah, off yeah i would have full, friday off Google does not work like everyone's yes. going to the chow wagon everyone's doing mm-hmm. all of these wonderfully so social community specifically things. louisville things the things that make the city the city and now we don't physically have, have not happened and i mourn for all of like high school seniors and college mm-hmm. seniors who won't get the ceremony of moving forward and who are they just like they don't get the yeah. embarrassment of their parents with an air horn like exactly. they, don't any of that. they won't have a sign at some like <laughs> giant gymnasium they're just like and I can see how this is going to lead to feelings of like stunted growth because mm-hmm. like I never had the ceremony of passage. Like I never had the ceremony of graduation or prom or like any of these moments. You can't even be with your friends. Like you can't even have, mm-hmm. so like I went to a very small school or college and the whole week before graduation is like ceremonies and parties and mm-hmm. moments of this is the last this this is the last time you'll do this and all of that and I know just like so many people have to be going through that and they're just gonna be in the same situation they were when they went home in March and how do you move forward when you haven't had that moment of saying like okay now is life mm-hmm. now is when you move and so yeah that idea of kidnapping our dreams I especially felt for like young people who don't have that passage of time yeah and I yeah he mentioned that how do you describe the indescribable like how they were trying to how Cleopas Jesus asks coyly like 
what happened in Jerusalem? Kind of, <laughs> I feel like testing like a, the waters of like, what are they going to say? Like, I, what is... <laughs> in my head, it was like a soap opera moment, right? Where it's like, <laughs> so what do you mean? And the camera pans over to Jesus and then it's back to Cleopas, <laughs> right? Dramatic yes. music. And I, I imagine like, if Cleopas had gotten it wrong, would Jesus have jumped in with like, actually, I think this is how it went down. But we don't get that moment. We just get, you know, he explains what has happened. But I love the idea of like, there are some things that cannot be explained. And like, that is most of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many things, especially in, well, no, through the whole thing. It's like, how do you explain crucifixion? Like, you can say he was crucified and that's horrific, but like, you've not felt it. Mm -hmm. Like you can explain war, you can explain plague. And of course now we know right. plague, but well, like. And, and you like, I think back, cause I, everyone watched it, right? I think back to the, the Mel Gibson's version mm -hmm. of the crucifixion, the passion, the passion mm -hmm. right? And he, you don't forget that. Like right. after you There's see something it, it's different. That, yeah. Like visual, having the visual is, it's like how so many people, when they think of World War II, think of like Saving Private Ryan, because that's the closest interpretation you're going to get to like what it was like. So mm -hmm. they so veterans say. But yeah, I thought that was powerful of Jim to be like, well, Jesus asked what happened, but like, how do you say what happened? And how do you, how do you do that in your own life? It's like if somebody asks like where you're from. I can mm -hmm. say I'm from West Virginia, but there's, you don't understand what all that means. Right. Or like, you can say you're from Louisville, but like that shaped you as a person and there's no way to explain all of that. So mm -hmm. just the like, fallacy of our own language. Woof. Yeah. When words, when words are not enough mm -hmm. and that's yeah. when you need memes and gifts. So yeah, that's when you need art. Wow. Visit the speed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, then he goes on and moves into a story, um, and the summary that I wrote down was the story of a, a man with a bad life and a bad death, mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't, I might have been missing the point of this story, but the woman that volunteers to sing, you know, in my head, all I can think of are, I like to think of these little moments, it's like a touched by an angel moment. Mm -hmm. where the the per, this person appears in your time of need and yes. helps Real you. Real Arcadia moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's what I wrote. I wrote she was an angel. Yeah, I think she, in my mind, the way I was connecting this story to what he had been talking about was like, maybe she's Christ on the road. Like, mm -hmm. this is she's the person who needed to see him in that moment and in with Christ on the road to Emmaus like who is it that needs to be seen in that moment like in some ways it is Cleopas he needs to be seen in his grief he needs to be seen in his as a as a person to deliver this story as someone loved by God enough to hold this truth but in some ways it's Jesus too. Like Jesus needs to be seen 
in order for this to be important. Jesus needs to be loved by these people as well in order for his story to have value. So I saw her as kind of this both like she is the the person singing at the funeral, making this kind of ascribing value to this man's life, but also he is the vehicle for her song. And that is mm -hmm. a way we express love as well. Yeah. I he goes on to talk about he, he says this phrase, another highlighted phrase, doing the best of things in the worst of times. This is when you recognize goodness. Um, which I um that is kind of what she did. She did the best of things in the worst of times. But in this like passage, who is who is doing the best of things? Mm -hmm. Is it Christ, or is it Cleopas like welcoming in a, this stranger, this person he doesn't recognize? I wasn't sure about that. You know, I I would say. <laughs> it feels maybe a little bit like Jesus testing him in this moment, right? I yeah. mean, if you, if your whole belief system just got shattered and you're feeling the weight of the government persecuting you and your friends, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're already uh, outcast of the inner group, right? Because he's on the road leaving town like, okay, bye, I gotta go. Yep. Guess this didn't work out. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then you find a, a stranger on the road and I don't know, I feel like Cleopas is, is, does as one would be requested of in that moment, right? Welcoming a stranger. Yeah. He talked about how hospitality was so important. So yeah, that even in what had to be the darkest moment of this journey for him, he found it, his place and his responsibility to welcome him. A stranger which i yeah kind of proves that like which jesus had said to do mm -hmm. multiple times and he was living that out despite the fact that it had not the situation he thought had not turned out how he would have hoped and look how you know one of the inner disciple inner circle disciples denying him and even mm. though it's part of the prophecy and all that yada yada but you know, we have Cleopas here, who's only mentioned once in the Bible, mm -hmm. fully embracing and not and not making a mistake, unlike the disciples every step of Jesus's journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know how many times Cleopas has messed up before this. It's true. It's true. Because they were gracious enough not to write it down. But like, yeah. maybe it was never. <laughs> maybe right. he was the ultimate disciple. But I love that idea of like, and I've talked about this with Stephen too. Of the idea that like even if it if it's all for naught, even if it is completely disproven, if if not if everything we believe is proven without a doubt to be false or inaccurate, whatever, that like the fact that we lived according to these teachings mm -hmm. is still good, mm -hmm. is still despite that it didn't go how we had hoped or right. it doesn't turn out how we had hoped that like 
Cleopas, knowing, thinking that it had not turned out how he had hoped, mm-hmm. still lived by this, by this teaching. And I, I think that's powerful stuff. Yeah, for sure. And then the last image, it, he talks a little bit about putting ashes on his daughter's head and how emotional that made him you know saying the lines and all i could think about tonight was and i don't know if you watched it but our good old governor andy bashir this evening Mm -hmm. talking about someone close to him passing and it just kind of him him having that moment on on the you know stage and you know, you, you just, when, when something breaks you like that, or the thought, you know, it's not even a, he knew what he was going to say, and he knew how to say it, but it's when you get filled with emotion, and you just can't control it. Yeah, because the words are not enough. It is the indescribable. It is outside of language. And I, yeah, that image was really powerful. Um, the idea of the sacred, awful words that you don't, that there is so much power in, in your love for other people. And that um, when we have, he said, when we have those moments of realizing we matter to others around us and to God, we are having our own resurrection moment and that that is just so incredible of like the to be seen and known by another person and to be loved by another person is an act of resurrection like you are reborn in that love you are there is a version and a, a spirit of you that is created in that person's love for you mm-hmm. that's that's magnificent Wow. And you're caught in overwhelming love with a simple gesture to feel it and the capacity for it and to know that it is God. Have you had a moment like that? I have, but I want to ask you first. Oh, man. Um, wow. I mean, yes. And it's, it's usually, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, my understanding of God is completely through people. Mm-hmm. It is, I rarely have like moments where I am completely alone and I'm like, oh, God's here. Mm-hmm. It is, it is moments either surrounded by the manifest of nature or people. Um, but yeah, I, I have when I've moments of like perfect happiness surrounded by friends, I think like, surely this is divine. Like, surely this is the creation of something far more powerful than myself. But I, I struggle to come up with a specific moment, but I want to hear yours. So mine isn't a, necessarily a happy moment, but I will say, you know, I've always had, I'm pretty sure my dad doesn't listen to this podcast, but, <laughs> um, you know, I will call, recall back, this is, would have been at my uh, stepfather's funeral, Mm. Um, my stepdad passed away about four years ago, three or four years ago. And he, uh, and this was at his funeral and 
I've been pretty good, you know, I've been being the oldest child, being the strong one and, you know, standing at the casket with my mother and all of this stuff that I was expected to do. And I, when my dad entered the room, which I, I, to set the context for people who don't know my family dynamic, my dad and my stepdad and my stepmom and my mom, um, I've always said I have four parents. They, my stepparents were in my life pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was weird for me that when my dad entered the room, I turned into a puddle. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I had maybe had a few conversations with my dad at this point. I wouldn't say that me and my dad are incredibly close. My brother and my dad are like, our best friends but mm-hmm. it was that weird like connection that I had never even I guess emotional connection I've never had with my dad that just kind of was out of nowhere it was mm-hmm. a it was a very special moment with him that's beautiful and the, uh, indescribable like you'll mm-hmm. never be able to find the perfect words to describe what that feeling must be right yeah, I, I like to chalk it up to, you know, losing one of my father figures and then seeing the other mm-hmm. was just Knowing overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, we got to be nice and sad tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I will say there was a moment of, there was like an aha moment. It wasn't so much a, it wasn't sad and it wasn't like, wow. I'm so happy, but it was a moment of like ping clarity mm-hmm. where there was no word that could describe the kind of thought I just had. And it was actually when I decided that I wanted to continue to go to Highland and it was in a Jim England sermon, uh, shout out to Jim. He's really got some bangers. Um, but he was talking, he was, it was on the scripture and of course I don't know what book or anything like that, but, it's a scripture that's talking about how like you will be oppressed in my name. You will be oppressed if you follow my teachings. And like, for me, this has always been such a like icky kind of text because it's used so, so crassly. Like it's Mm -hmm. used by people who want to use it to oppress others. It's used in the name of like religious quote unquote, religious freedoms, mm-hmm. etc. And then Jim explains it as like, he just cracked it open for me in a moment of like, when you actually live by teachings, like Jesus's teachings, when you actually love your enemies, when you actually forgive those around you, when you live with grace, when you fight injustices, when you uphold like rights for the marginalized when you when you fight against systems of oppression you will be oppressed like those are not popular tactics and people will fight against you and you will struggle when you actually live that way mm-hmm. and i i like it was like a little bomb went off in my brain of like i am overwhelmed and i am exactly where i need to be to hear this um so that was my moment there was just like I was a gog. <laughs> like, of, of course that's what that means. But no one had explained it to me that way before. And that, that was a, 
zinger moment for me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. That and fun. I remember that sermon. That was that was, was an intense good. one. That was it an was intense one. one. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think I'm going to end us there. Um, thank you so much for being with us again, to, or being with us today, Tori. Hopefully, you'll come back. Oh my gosh, I would love to. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, everybody. I wasn't planning on doing this every week past Lent, and here we are, third week, or that was the second Sunday past Lent, and we're just going to keep going. We're going. What else do you have going on? Yeah. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get to have these wonderful conversations and and get to know people in a in a nice, intimate way, and it's just, I just like talking about the sermons because the staff put so much into it. Mm -hmm. It's nice to like discuss it, discuss it, hash it out. Yes. And it helps me retain it and take it forward. So I did love re-listening to it and taking notes. I was like, wow, I should do this more often. I'm getting so much more out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, you know, it causes me like when we were going to church <laughs> back, <laughs> back when we could go to church, mm -hmm. it causes me, you know, I take a notebook and I take notes in the live service and because mm -hmm. it's, it feels different there than when I would re-listen mm -hmm. to it before reviewing. So, yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. So, um, I have no idea who's going to be on next week. I have no idea who's preaching. <laughs> I will work to find <laughs> these things out and you will know next week. Um, and yeah, I feel like, wait, isn't it? I, I listened, I recently listened to last week's episode, oh, so maybe I, it's Perry. <laughs> no, Perry's no? at the end of the, uh, I think Perry oh. is on the 24th. 24th. Okay. The third was supposed to be global missions. Oopsies. And that's not happening. Um, yeah. So, but this schedule I got, I received like back in like January. So it's a know, fun mystery. Everyone stay yeah, tuned. It is. So, um, but we'll work on that. You can uh, follow us on um, through Spot Spotify or on Apple. I Apple podcasts or Google podcasts and uh, send us a voice mail through the anchor.fm app if you want to leave us some feedback on this episode or the sermon or the next sermon if you get it to me before we record which is usually Monday night or Tuesday night give me your give me your voicemail and I'll, I'll uh, include it on the podcast so um, thanks again Tori and have a great night everybody bye